0: Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Bless the speaking and the hearing of your word. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Have you ever been told, don't sweat the small stuff? Anyone ever heard this? Maybe you've said it to somebody else. Um, And usually if you Google search it like I did, you can't find it without that subheading that it's all small stuff. And the idea, of course, with the don't sweat the small stuff is that you don't want to get preoccupied, um, I don't know, with little annoyances in life, with things that frustrate you and bring you down. It's kind of a, you know, don't get caught up on that stuff. Life is better when you don't. And there's some truth to this, but... I 'm going to say for the most part that it 's actually wrong. And I really wish I had a sound effect that went over. I 've always wanted to do that with screens where you have the big stamp wrong, like boom you know that it's wrong. It's totally wrong. Don't sweat the small stuff is totally wrong. Uh, it's wrong, uh, and we know it this to be true from our own experiences in life. And uh, we learn today from Jesus parables that this is also the case. And this is, by the way, how it works, right? Uh, All truth belongs to the Lord. And so what he says to us in his word, we also find true in our experiences. So this morning, we're gonna walk through, first of all, the experiences of life that show us that this is wrong, and then secondly, God's word uh, that we just heard, these three little bitty parables, right? How often do you get to read just one verse as part of the scripture reading? You get these three little bitty parables here. So the first uh, thing that we know uh, as to how this is wrong is that other people's problems usually seem small to us, while our own version of problems always seem Larger. Isn't this true? I mean, we know that we want to care as much about somebody else's burden, but that just doesn't, that's not reality, right? That's not what happens for us. Um, and in fact, I'm, I'm not going to convince you of this, but I know who can. His name is Mel Brooks. You guys ever heard of him? Okay, so the famous comedian, filmmaker, he puts it like this. Tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you fall into an open sewer and die. Now, I know you're just like me. You don't want to laugh at open sewer and die, but it's funny, right? This is what Mel Brooks is getting at here, that other people's problems always loom smaller to us than our own. So if you've ever said to someone the equivalent of don't sweat the small stuff, you kind of believe it. And if you've ever had someone tell it to you while you're in the midst of something that's painful or that you would rather not be dealing with, it sounds kind of tone deaf, right? Uh, And so that's what he's getting at there. So the second reason that don't sweat the small stuff is false is that if you are trying to convince yourself that something is small, that pretty much proves that it isn't. So for example, let's say someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm sorry about that thing I said to you. Uh, the other day, and you honestly can't remember, then it really is so small that it didn't, you didn't even notice it, right? But if you are going through uh, your week, and you're try- let's say you're trying to have an attitude of gratitude, and you're thinking about all of the things that God is providing for you. Your kids are doing fine. Your health is okay. Your finances are good. Your relationships, for the most part, are good. But a couple days ago, you had that one angry conversation with that person, now, in the scales of goodness and badness, where does it sit? Seems like it would be such a small thing. And yet, what, what do you think about when you wake up at two in the morning? Not the blessings, you think about the problem. And in fact, if you've ever spent time trying to convince yourself that this thing that is bothering you is small, you know just because you're doing all of that energy, all that mental exercise and emotional hoop jumping, that it's not. It's obviously not, right? So first of all, other people's problems are smaller than our own. Secondly, when you're trying to convince yourself it's a small problem, that proves that it is not a small problem. And the third thing is that small stuff can have a huge impact. I don't know if any of you uh, noticed this morning that I am not walking at my normal speed or gait. And probably you haven't been able to pay attention to a single thing I've been saying up to this point because of it. Uh, because a couple weeks ago I I accidentally kicked my foot against a wall and I rebroke a toe that I broke three years ago. And it's a tiny, you probably don't want this much information, but it's my second toe on my right foot. And what happened was, originally anyway, I don't know what I did to it this time, I chipped off a little part of the knuckle and it was just like floating in there until cartilage would reattach to it. And so it's the tiniest, I mean, I saw the x-ray of it, it's the tiniest little thing, and yet, it's totally affecting me. It's messing with my head, it's messing with the things that I do, I try not to get in the doldrums about it. And you guys know this in your own life, it doesn't matter how small the thing is, it can have a huge impact. And in fact, Jesus says as much in the parables that we hear today, all three of these little bitty parables, uh, Jesus says that the kingdom of God, no matter what small things we are experiencing, they can have a huge impact. And so I want us to walk through each of these uh, individually. So the first one I want to talk about is the light. Uh, I know you guys wanted to keep looking at Mel Brooks's face there. Um, but the light, and Jesus says that no one lights a lamp, right, or, uh, uh, you know, puts fire to the candle and then covers it over, right? Now, the thing about um, a light is, especially in a space like this, is probably too big, but notice just how small the flame itself actually is. And then if you are in a darker space, what impact does the light have it's much larger than just what it looks like right and Jesus says the same thing is true he goes on to say that nothing hidden there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed there is nothing hidden that won't be revealed which sounds a little terrifying to me I don't know about you but I think about uh, my deeper sins. I think about my weaknesses and insecurities. And Jesus is telling that if I'm hiding those things, they will be revealed. I mean, think about that with our, in our relationships with others. We, we figure if we can hide stuff down deep enough, it'll be small enough that no one else will even notice it, right? They won't even be able to see it. And Jesus is saying, "No, the the smallest, most insignificant seeming, the deepest hidden things that you're trying to hide away, ultimately get revealed." Now that would be terrifying, except for what we know of Jesus. Um, we were worshiping last week. Uh, Juliet and I went to a conference, Mockingbird Conference, uh, in New York, and. Uh, they had a part of the service on Sunday that I remember uh, sometimes doing in our church growing up. It's a prayer that would often be said, maybe you guys will be familiar with it, um, before going into uh, confession and forgiveness time. And I want us to actually pray it together. So let's, let's speak these words together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord, amen. These are taken from the Psalms, these words, and what we are learning about God is not just that uh, the hidden things of our lives will be revealed, but that they're not hidden from God right now that there is nothing uh, in our own life or experience, no sin, no weakness, no frailty that is too small for God to notice. And when he sees it, because we can't hide it from him, he does not look away. He does not look away. And he does not judge us according to it, but forgives and restores. See, we like to minimize the problems that we are experiencing in our lives, but God does not allow that to happen. He doesn't minimize our problems because he actually wants to restore our problems. He wants to fix what is broken. He wants to forgive the sin that we have. And so he doesn't bring a light and then cover it over. He reveals all so that he can restore all for us. The next parable is on yeast, and I wanted to find an image here, as you can see, like the microscopic version of yeast, just to illustrate how small we are talking here. He says, this parable is pretty short, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, or leaven, that works through the whole dough. How many of you guys have ever baked bread or made uh, like homemade pizza from scratch? How important is yeast for this process? pretty crucial. If you've left it out or if you haven't waited long enough for it, you know that it works all through it. It gives it the consistency, the flavor, the size. So you see that other image there is kind of the dough having risen right in the bowl. And what's fascinating to me about yeast and how it works, we could talk about uh, beer production another time, but just for bread, okay? Uh, what's fascinating to me is that once it's worked its way through, you cannot distinguish the yeast from the dough. It's mixed into everything. It's, I mean, you cannot separate them out. Now, what is Jesus saying about his kingdom with this tiny little parable? Let me ask you another question. Where do you see God working In your life. Just think about it a second. As I mentioned, Juliet and I just came back from this wonderful conference, uh, Mockingbird Ministries. I, I can't sing their praises. Enough. Uh, it's, a, it's a ministry conference focused on the grace of Jesus and where those, the, the hope of Christianity relates to our everyday life and experiences. I tell you without any doubt in my mind that I believe God was working for us in that space and for other people there in that conference. What about my subway ride, though? What about my broken toe that I was hobbling around New York City on? <laughs> It's a great place to start walking around, right? We're gonna, usually you can just drive the car, ride a bike, but now we're going to walk everywhere, right? Is he working in those spaces? Do you see him in your mountaintops and also in the valleys, in conflict, in trouble? We have these answers, and, we, and even in church we kind of know the right answers, but Jesus doesn't need you to guess correctly. He's just telling you this morning, that there is no part of your life that God is not working in. That's what the kingdom of God is like, the yeast is all about. There is no part of your life that is too weak or too insignificant for Jesus to be taking notice of and to be working in it. Now, you and I don't always get to see how that's happening. We don't get to always see how the dough rises and how the pizza turns out, But what Jesus wants us to know is that he is with us in it. In every aspect of our lives, he is at work. The third and final parable for us today, he talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a seed. Does anyone know what kind of seeds those are? You guys are just inveterate workers because you're gonna find the answer, aren't you? I have no idea, I just Google imaged it So even if you told me, I wouldn't be able to confirm whether you were right or wrong. (laughs) Maybe some of you guys will be very confident you've seen it. Now, what's funny about seeds, and I heard this at the conference as well, is that if you have never seen the other side of the seed, like what it turns into, you can't just look at something like that and say, yeah, I know what this will become, right? I mean, you can do that with a lot of other things in life. You know, I can see my kids, and I can see, you know, eventually as they grow, they will be older, bigger, more mature versions of themselves. But I can kind of extrapolate that information by looking at them. But if you look at a seed, and you've never seen it before, and you don't know where it's going, there's no way to know what it turns into. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that that what God is doing, we can't always see where it's actually headed. Tiny seeds, he tells us, become a huge harvest, which for you and me is very profound because the small things of our lives might, might, it turns out, not be so small. I mean, you think about the things that stick with you as you get older and the memories that you hold on to. I remember... uh, in my first congregation, I served in Sacramento. I had, uh, it was a small church, so I, I was able to do the visitation team by myself. There's only like three or four people at home. Uh, and one of the ladies that I visited regularly was this lady, Violet Tecum was her name. And she was in her home for quite a while, but she had a little health scare and had to spend some time in a, a nursing space for a little bit. And I was visiting her there, and then eventually she got to get back home. But we were talking about her time Uh, in that space, and she had a roommate in there with her. And for whatever reason, uh, the roommate, when she needed something from the nurses or whatever, she didn't just have anything right around her, so she had to ask Violet if Violet could push the button, like the call button, for her to go do it. And so, of course, Violet was in a position she could do that, and so every time the lady asked, she would go push the button. And I remember her telling me how grateful this woman was to her and Violet could not wrap her mind around just how like ecstatic the woman was to thank Violet for this. In her words, Violet said, all I was doing was pushing a button. It seemed like the smallest thing in the world. And yet it meant everything to this woman. Think about that in your own life, those small spaces where, you know, it seems like a tiny seed. You don't even know what God might be doing with it. That's what Jesus is speaking about here. I read a, a, a book a few years ago by a, a British author named Tom Holland, not Spider-Man, not the guy who plays Spider-Man for you Marvel fans. It's a different Tom Holland. But uh, the book is called Dominion, and it's, about, it's a history book, kind of popular level, about how Christianity came to dominate, really, the world. I mean, and his point is he goes through all of these different kind of big movements in Rome and in Europe and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the book, what floored me is he said, you know, the, the ultimate triumph of Christianity, the hope of Christ for the world, has been passed from generation to generation on mother's and grandma's knees, right? From one kid to the next. Nobody, none of those names are in history books, right? No one is putting up big statues or or making a big scene out of every individual person, and yet that's exactly how God works in the smallest of spaces. And so Jesus is saying that even in the spaces where you are working, where you, you think it's small, where God, who knows what he's doing with what you have to offer to somebody else, Jesus is saying, just you wait. You have no idea what I will do with this right the harvest will become enormous so we go back to our first question don't sweat the small stuff go ahead sweat the small stuff god does god sweats all the small stuff he's focused on everything it's not the devil in the details god is in the details right he is in all things for you and for me and when we think about each of those little parables we see jesus at the center of them jesus is the light who reveals our deepest need and meets it. Jesus is the yeast who works in every nook and cranny of your life. Jesus is the seed who goes into the earth and dies in order to bear fruit beyond our wildest imagining. By all means, sweat the small stuff and entrust it to Jesus to see what he will do.